0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We produce a lot of waste in our world, but how can we clean up our planet if we don't first clean up our own mess? A lot of our modern world runs on lithium-ion batteries, but they're not very easy to recycle. So how can we apply new techniques to help recover material from these products? And how can we apply other waste products like cooking oil in grease or recover material from fatbergs to help improve our planet and improve our sewer system? Lithium-ion batteries power so much of our world. From your fancy hoverboards and scooters to drones to even your mobile phones and computers. We rely on these lithium-ion batteries to do almost everything in our modern technology. Now, the big problem with all of that, aside from the fact that lithium is rare, scarce, and expensive to mine, is that, well, it's not particularly recyclable. Not many battery technologies actually are very recyclable, but lithium in particular is not really that useful, especially if it's been wasted and used. So that means closing the loop on, let's say, a mobile phone production. And reusing the e-waste from mobile phones is very, very difficult. You can melt down the circuit boards and recover the metals or the plastics. You can recover the plastics or the casing. But when it comes to the battery itself, there traditionally hasn't been an awful lot you can do about it. And that's where a team of undergraduate and postgraduate researchers working on a student project at Michigan Technology University worked together to come up with a fantastic, efficient, and relatively cheap way of recovering lithium-ion batteries and recovering them completely almost to the point where you can have pretty much fresh materials to make new batteries. And they've done all of this using a particularly, well, not new and innovative technique, but the first time that this thing has been applied, since it was developed around 100 years ago, to the application of recycling batteries. So how did they manage to crack this puzzle? Well, it all relies on the old mining technology called froth flotation now froth flotation is pretty straightforward but it's actually one of the most critical inventions when it comes to large-scale processing of materials in the last 100 years this is what enabled us along with mechanized mining equipment to create gather and harness all the resources even from really low quality ore and turn it into a usable product, without which most of what we see in the modern world just wouldn't have been possible because it would have been too energy-expensive and time-consuming, let alone expensive, to produce. So this was the great enabler of industrial innovation. And how it works is actually really dead simple. Basically, you grind or crush up your material into effectively single grains. Now, they call this process liberation. But basically, if you want to imagine a rock and you crush it up into small pieces or grind it up, or even with lithium batteries, you grind them up into small pieces. Now, when you do that, it actually does something pretty interesting. It makes a lot of those surfaces hydrophobic. And then when you dump them in water and spin them around a bit with a mechanical fan and separator, it forms this big, what they call a slurry, now, if any of those materials aren't hydrophobic, which means afraid of water, basically, or r- moving away from water, you can add a, a collector chemical into the mix, and that helps separate the different pe- out the different pieces. Then you just keep spinning this slurry around and around and around, and eventually you'll get the material you want frothing to the top, hence froth flotation as the method. Now, this is incredibly useful because even if you just skim off the top and There you go, you have your processed material ready to go. You can, if there's stuff left behind inside the tank that doesn't froth, you can still keep processing and treating it. And this process whereby you recover what they call the tailings, the leftovers, the stuff that doesn't froth to the top, means you can actually get a really, really efficient process. And You know what the best part about this technology is? It's dead simple, we've been doing it for 100 years, and it's really cheap and efficient to run. You don't need to build new frothing flotation plants so many places across the world have them. And that is especially important if you want to try and recover the material from lithium-ion batteries, which are scattered all everywhere across the world. So how do you do it? Now, the idea of froth flotation has been floating around, so to speak, the mining industry for years. And how did it end up getting applied to the recycling of batteries? Well, the person leading this research was Assistant Professor of Chemical Engineering at Michigan Technology University, Li Pan, who earned his graduate degree actually in mining engineering. Now, he basically came up with the idea that maybe you could apply this technique to lithium-ion batteries. Then, he handed it over with some direction to a bunch of chemical engineering postgraduate and undergraduates. Now, these undergraduates and postgraduates worked together on this project to present to the American Institute of Chemical Engineers Youth Council, and they were having a competition on the sustainable science and technology, where they won actually an award for their research. These young researchers include Oldenburg, Payne, Jean, and Nunley. And they worked together to present these results at a large conference. Now, what was interesting about their application is that, yes, Professor Pan basically said, okay, I've got this idea, maybe we can use this old mining technique to help recycle lithium-ion batteries. Explained to them how froth-flotation worked and then said, go nuts. they had to figure out what chemical solvents to use and how to actually break it all down. And, well, that is not necessarily very easy. First, you have to crush up these lithium-ion batteries and you have to get rid of the casing, the metal foils, the anode and the cathode. And that all gets exposed when you crush up the battery. So you need to develop a frothing technique that works for all of those because you're basically going to dump the whole crushed battery into this big mixer. So they tried a whole bunch of different chemicals. But what they found is actually that pretty much standard techniques work. You just used water of all things and a little bit of kerosene as the collector agent to gather up all the material afterwards. But with those two chemicals, which are pretty cheap and readily available, and a standard frothing process, you can pretty much recover both the anode and the cathode parts of the lithium battery really, really easily. You then filter and use gravity separation out to get ri- to separate out the copper from the aluminium, and then you use the froth to recover the critical materials like graphite, lithium, and cobalt. And that was what was pretty exciting about this technology. And the more exciting part was the process that they used was old, and the chemical that they used was even older, water. And it showed these young chemical engineers the power of adapting old technologies and techniques to new problems. That is, how to make our mobile phones, our smartphones, our computers, our drones, you name it, everything that relies on lithium-ion batteries, a lot more sustainable. Because now, from the materials that they managed to recover, you can pretty much make a new lithium-ion battery, cheaply and efficiently and some great chemical engineering out of the Michigan Technology University. Now, from one tale of waste and recovery to another, now you may think of Deep-fried food is being incredibly delicious and tasty, and that's certainly true, but afterwards you're left with a whole bunch of leftover cooking oil in grease, and that is generally pumped out of those tanks and sold off or recovered, or unfortunately sometimes it ends up down the drain becoming fatbergs, but more on that later. Now what the problem is with these cooking grease is that it's just a waste byproduct that needs to be gotten rid of. And in general, that can lead to all kinds of big, heavy problems. And if you've seen the episode of The Simpsons where recovering grease and the grease trap from the school cafeteria becomes a business model for the family, you get an idea of how much an opportunity there also lies in just the vast quantities of leftover cooking oil and greases that exist in commercial kitchens. Now, another problem that commercial kitchens have is that, well, in general, they have a lot of industrial equipment. And if you scale it up less from a commercial kitchen to a large food production facility, you'll know that they're mixing together large volumes of raw ingredients in really huge steel machinery, stainless steel specifically to be food grade. And the problem that you need to have with all this machinery is you need to keep it free from any scratches or marks. Because even a very, very small, barely visible micrometer scratch on a surface, which you can barely see with the naked eye. To a piece of bacteria, that's the size of a canyon, which they can hide out, build and grow. And they can build and live in these scratches, in these food tanks or other favorite preparation vessels for a very, very long time. And when these bacteria breed and spread, they can increase greatly the risk of contamination from microorganisms such as, well, salmonella, listeria and E. coli. So what do you do? How do you keep these materials safe? Well, you can flush them out with a lot of chemical solvents to really clean through them, and that works pretty well, but it's not a great solution to the problem. But some researchers from University of Toronto's Department of Material Science and Engineering have found a really, really cheap and safe and efficient way to help prevent bacteria living and thriving on these industrial machinery that will cut down on the risk of cross-contamination and other food-borne diseases. And all of this uses a waste byproduct potentially, or leftover or cleaned and treated or even new cooking oil. And the whole idea is brilliantly simple and it builds on the slippery liquid infused porous surfaces, or slips principle, which is something developed at Harvard University whereby you trap a lubrication layer onto a surface with microstra and what it does it creates a slippery, non-wetting and non-adhesive surface. Now, if you imagine something like cooking oil, like olive oil, corn, or canola oil, are pretty safe and harmless to have in these tanks. They're not going to cause chemical components to be left behind in the tanks that may mess up or injure or harm people in the long run. So it actually requires less flushing and treatment. And the bacteria, they just can't get a foothold because that whole surface is trapped and coated in a really, really fine layer of cooking oil. And what they found is that it can result in a thousand time reduction in bacteria levels inside standard industrial machinery when applied to the surface. And that is pretty incredible to think about. You can use cooking oil to basically clean your tanks in an industrial food setting, or rather not necessarily clean, but prevent from getting filled with microscopic bacteria that can both harm the process and more importantly, harm the end consumers of the material. Now, this is a great application of what is otherwise a small product in the industrial food chain, oils, and helping it punch above its weight and solve even another more important problem, and that is keeping our food safe and healthy. So this is some great work out of the University of Toronto's Faculty of Applied Science and Engineering. Now, on the other side of that equation, instead of using cooking oil and grease for benefit humanity, sometimes cooking oil and grease gets flushed down into the sewage system. And when that happens, that cooking oil and grease doesn't necessarily float through the pipes and get all the way to the treatment plants at the end of the line. No, more often than not, all that fat and grease and oil builds together and clumps up and eventually creates monster giant solid deposits that clog pipes harm fish and even cause what some people have termed fatbergs especially in places where very large population densities and large pipes like in london sewage system and these are a huge problem and shows the dangers of untreated or unlooked after fats oils and greases that get up into our sewage system so how do you solve this problem We can use expensive chemical treatment processes but that is difficult and you can't really necessarily flush out the entire sewer system of london for example so what can you do about it well researchers from the university of british columbia have developed a pretty simple way to not only help break down these fog these fatbergs or these collections of fat oils and grease but actually recover them and turn them into energy so not only helping clean out the pipes but also actually find something useful to do with it. So first, these researchers from the University of British Columbia heated some samples of fat oil and grease, or let's just call it fog, to temperatures between 90 to 110 degrees Celsius. And they added a little bit of hydrogen peroxide. Now that acted as a chemical catalyst that helps break down the organic matter. And what that ended up doing is just shrunk the entire volume of the solids in the fog. Pretty much shrunk it by about 80%. It also released lots of fatty acids from the mixture and those fatty acids can then be treated by bacteria in the next stage of treatment. Now what's interesting is that fogs are a terrific source of actual organic material that if you have something like a microorganism like a bacteria they can chow down on it and that's even better because when they chow down and eat all this organic material they'll produce methane gas. Now that is actually a very valuable and useful renewable energy source. But the problem is, if you don't actually break it down, or if it's too much organic material, then the bacteria can't get through it all and process it, and you just end up with this big lump of stuff that the bacteria just is nibbling away at the surface. So that's why you need to heat it to help reduce its size and break it down. That is what some of the pioneering research groups, including led by researcher Asha Srinivasan, who developed this method, Now, the great part about this is that once you recover that methane gas, you can pass it on to farmers and others to load these FOG, these fats, oil, and oils, and grease into their existing biogas digesters. Now, these are large tanks that most often exist on farms to treat farm waste like cow manure. And they actually treat all that cow manure to produce methane to end up burning and producing energy. At the moment, though, farmers don't like adding all these fatbergs to the middle of their cow manure because the fatberg is just too difficult to process. But if you can reduce the size and volume and make it more efficient, then it enables these organic digesters to actually work really, really well with all these fat oils and greases. Now, this is a great idea. And not only does it help clean out our pipes, reduce the volume of it in our pipes as well, but gives us another renewable source of energy. This is some great work, being done out of the university of british columbia this has been the young scientists of australia's podcast lagrange point using old mining techniques to help recover lithium-ion batteries to tackling the fatbergs lurking beneath our feet and protecting our cooking devices with cooking oil we looked at different recovery techniques this week our ending theme was composed by audio Anatics. head to ysa.org.au for more information about the young scientists of australia